Welcome to Fires in the Front Podcast. I'm Donovan, and across from me is Roy. It is not the end of the world. It's the end of the world, and Padres Twitter knows it, or uh, thinks it. Yeah, um, everybody's freaking out because the Padres <laughs> lost a few games. Come on. I'm freaking out because, see, what is what, what, what is with our AA and our top prospects? Like, remember 2017, 2018 when Tatis went down with a thumb thing? And we're right. like, oh my God, what if it saps his power? Right. Um, no, the power's fine. Right. The power's fine. The leg is fine. The, uh-huh. the glove is otherworldly. I was at the game last night, and it was uh, like, hey, he hit a piss missile. Like, that thing was a frozen rope. That was the hardest hit ball he's hit in his career. Yeah. And then he goes and, like, top of the of the backboard height Dude, to get that ball. Climbing the ladder. Yeah. It was like he jumped, and then he kicked and jumped even higher. It was like some Super Mario stuff that he did. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how that defies physics, but... So the Padres are going to be fine. These guys are all really good. We got a really good team. CJ Abrams, yeah, he's hurt, but he's going to come back. He's going to be just fine. And and so that's let's start with that. So he CJ Abrams had a collision with Eggy Rosario uh, a couple weeks back. He was diagnosed with a fractured tibia and a, and a sprained MCL. Three months is when the Padres say he should be uh, you know recovering from that. Recovered from that. So that's right around time maybe winter winter ball starts. Maybe even fall mm-hmm. fall league. Yeah, but he shut down for the rest of the season, yeah. which is fine. You know, let yeah. him rest up. And it it must not have been an ugly injury. You know, the the injury that immediately comes to mind is Josh Naylor, that that awful collision in right field. I was like a car wreck. It, yeah, it was like a football injury. It's yeah. like what happened to Alex Smith and nearly ended his career. Yeah. So hopes, thoughts, and prayers to Josh Naylor and his family and him being able to come back and be able to play yeah. baseball again. But C.J. Abrams, it sounds like he like he had knee soreness. He was tender. For a little while, and then they finally just you know saw that there's a fracture and there's a sprain. Okay, yeah. let's just rest it up. I don't think he's. I don't even know if he's having surgery. They haven't said anything, and you know it's a Padre, so I don't even know if they really need to say anything. Like just yeah, heal. Yeah, put you a boot on that's it. one thing with minor league injuries. You don't hear a whole lot about right. it. You just realize somebody's been gone. You see they've been assigned on the IL. Okay, well what's happening? And unless somebody really asks a question and gets an answer, yeah. <laughs> but he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. My only hope is that whatever this injury is, when he comes back, he still has the speed and the agility to play second base, to be able to run the bases like he can. And it sounds like there's not really a whole lot of concern about that. What happened to shortstop? Or shortstop. That's what I meant. Yes. Yes. I thought you were going to go down the, like, the, pro- no, oh, the no. prospect bug guys are like, he's going to second base. No, I'm not Tatis already going to yeah, I mean, If right. Tatis stays in short, at shortstop, then Abrams to second base makes sense. But then, Absolutely. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, people try to play of where you're going to fit this guy. No, let's worry about that when he, when he makes it. So anyways, in 42 games with Double A San Antonio this season, he was hitting 296, 366, 420 with three homers. Like he's 6'2", he's rail thin, and he's young. You know, six homers are, is, or three homers is just fine where he is. You know, first really full season of affiliated ball. He's still 19, right? Yeah, 19, maybe 20. Yeah, so he's he's still growing into his power. Yeah, he's 20. Yeah. Birthday's October 3rd, 2000. So him and uh, C.J. Abrams and Luis Camposano were named to the CRX XM Futures game. Congratulations. Can we get a, can we get a, like a... Can we get an endorsement there from Sirius XM? It depends on how many times we say <laughs> okay. Sirius XM. Sirius XM, Futures game, Futures game. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so that's it. So he's obviously he's not going to the Futures game, and there's not going to be another Padre, another player, uh, infielder Jose Barrero from uh, from Cincinnati, take his spot. So it's not like mm-hmm. the All-Star game, like, oh, you lost a guy, let's add another Padre, or 
or another player of the same team. Right. Someone else is going. Yeah, it's not like the All-Star game where you need to have a representative from each right. team. Right. So if you only have one guy and he gets injured, somebody else from your team makes it. It's not like that. Yeah. I did see that Xavier Edwards, former Padres prospect, now with the Tampa Bay Rays, yeah. was added to the team. So congratulations to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you uh, noted here that uh, uh, Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline had something to say. He said that... Um, news that Abrams was injured after a collision in the middle infield Wednesday blunted the excitement of his futures game roster spot. The 2019 first rounder possesses, possesses legit 80 grade speed and an ability to make good hard contact from the left side. He has played both shortstop and second, and he'll need to do more of the latter the closer he gets to Fernando Tatis Jr. in San Diego. Campusano, who's played 11 games for the major league club this season, is still only 22 and shows plus raw power. That certainly carries over to games. His bat speed makes him an above-average overall hitter, and that could show up more in time as he matures. At the least, he has the potential to take off against less experienced pitchers in the thin Colorado air. I've been watching a lot of of Luis Camposano and the bat plays, and we've always oh, yeah. known the bat can play. He's been smoking the ball um, in AAA. You know, I, I'm not a, I have no idea what catchers do or if he's getting any better, but uh, that bat play. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the bat plays, and you know. You would think that with Austin Nola still not coming back until at least the All Star break, mm-hmm. keep him down there. You know, let Webster Rivas, let Webby get his his uh, you know his cup of coffee with the Padres, kind of maybe get some playing time there. To maybe after you know Nola does come back, or the end of the season where he can get picked up with another uni- uh, another university, another organization, or you know maybe kind of pick up with someone else. But leave him down there, let him learn. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so other news on the AAA side. Uh, Patrick Kiflihan was named Player of the Week. Like two weeks ago. Like, we haven't podcasted in like two weeks. <laughs> so from June 17th to entering play on June 27th, his 1.135 slugging is best in all of baseball. 1.635 OPS is second in all of baseball. His 18 RBI is second in all of baseball. His seven doubles is second in all of baseball. And his six home runs is third in all of baseball. So the last uh, last Friday night, I actually I turned it on to watch this game. Patrick, he had a gr- game-winning walk-off grand slam. Doesn't get any better than that. Dude, in a 9-8 win over the Arena Rock Hound Express, it was El Paso's first walk-off with a win uh, of the season and the third walk-off Grand Slam in team history. The game, uh, That game, he went 3-for-5 with two doubles and a Grand Slam. God. Uh, the Grand Slam was and seven RBIs. Over the last 16 plate appearances a couple weeks ago, Kevin has reached base 13 times and has nine extra base hits. El Paso's last walk-off home run was also a Grand Slam. Esteban Quiros, El Pony. Yeah, Pony. Uh, in August 9th of 2019. So on top of that, Patrick Kivilhan was named to Team, Team USA, USA for USA. the Olympics. So good for him. Absolutely. You no, know, I saw the quote from him and, uh, you know, he was offered it and the Padres was like, yeah, go, just go do it. You know, that's, that's once in a lifetime thing. You get to play for your team. You oh, know, absolutely. Your country, that's one of the highest honors that you've got to figure you, as, as an athlete. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't even imagine. That's just. That's yeah. awesome. It's. It's great. Have you seen that roster? The roster is full of guys that you know they used to play and that are still you know trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, it's interesting. You got guys like Edwin Jackson and Scott Casimir on the roster. That I, I didn't know they were still in shape to play. I mean, Edwin Jackson. He's going to be able to pitch till he's seventy. Yeah, he's he's built, <laughs> but he's also the same age as my dad and like baseball years. Right. He's been around for a while. So this just in, um, San Antonio's. Adrian Martinez was named Double A Pitcher of the Week. Nice. Yeah. 
lots of uh, lots of accolades racking up for uh, Padres organization. Yeah, absolutely. But this is uh, this is not an accolade. So struggling Mackenzie Gore and was sent to Arizona. This is by Jeff Sanders. Mackenzie Gore has been sent to Arizona to let his blister completely heal and to continue to work on his mechanics. The 22-year-old Gore missed nearly three weeks earlier this year due to the blister. The first known recurrence since the issue forced him to the injured list three times in the low A Midwest League in 2018. Ranked number six in MLB's top 100, Gore is 0-2 with a 5.85 ERA. With 18 strikeouts and 12 walks in his first 20, uh, first 20 AAA innings. Woof. Yeah, Edwin Rodriguez was quoted to say, when you throw a fastball in the mid-90s, there's nothing wrong with your arm. Bless um, It's a matter of learning how to pitch and all that. I think Gore is in that process, that stage of his career. Him and Ryan Weathers, they're different. They learn and they aren't afraid to fail. They learn from every outing, and we can see that uh, Mackenzie Gore in the near future will be successful not only in AAA, but in the big leagues. This is part of the development, and the Padres are very aware of that. So it's nice to hear a word of confidence, Yeah, but still, it's it's reasonable for people to wonder what's going on. Because he had the command with all of his pitches. He, he understands how to pitch. It's just something's not quite clicking. You know, and, and it's and it's not like they stopped using sticky stuff. This is before last, you know, this is last year. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not like... You know, it was anything that he was using with the ball. It's just he's lost it. Right. And we don't know what it is. He, we won't ever maybe know, but let him, give him time to figure it out. Like, leave him alone. He's not going to get traded. There's no trade value there. There's plenty of upside. There's more upside than there is trade value. So let him go learn that stuff. Let Preller do what he does, and uh, and we'll come back to him. Well, we've seen plenty of guys get assigned to Arizona for a few weeks and yeah. then come back, and there's a couple minor tweaks that they made, and something clicked. So, well, we're really hoping that was with him. Oh man. Okay, so here I, I put this in the I put this in the agenda because this is a, kind of the quirky thing of minor league baseball. So uh, this is from Benjamin Hill, former well, actually, friend of the podcast, Benjamin Hill from MILB. So a foul ball set off a fire alarm. That's crazy. So this happened a couple of weeks ago with one out in the bottom of the fourth inning and the score nodded 1-1. Hammerheads catcher Cameron Barstad came to bat with a runner on second base. The 20-year-old Martins prospect took Oscar Rojas' first offering for a ball and then fouled off the next pitch. Moments later, sirens were blaring in the Hammerheads' home, Rogers, uh, home of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium was being evacuated. So he, <laughs> the alarm goes off and they start evacuating people. Yeah, you had to follow procedures. Right, right. As fans exited the building, firefighters were speeding towards the, to investigate the cause of the alarm. The culprit was none other than Barstad's foul ball, which began its brief existence as a 92.3 mile an hour sinker, leaving the bat at 88.3 miles an hour. It soared past the stands on the third base side and just at the right angle, smashed a fire alarm mounted on a stone wall at the far side of the concourse. Now, you see, that it's, it's surprising that doesn't happen more often in like, Somewhere like like Elsinore, like the foul ball goes back, and you know if you're not paying attention, you're in the concession stands. Like you can take one to the noggin, right? Right, but it, it's <laughs> I, it, how small is the fire alarm? Right. How far it's are like, they spread out? So what are the chances of one of it hitting it, and just the right way that it sets the thing off? So this it's like is, you have to break yeah. the glass and pull the handle down or whatever. Well, and you see the picture in, in the in the story, it's broke. It's like there's broke. There's wires hanging out. Like he smashed the thing. So uh, that turned out to be the magical phrase of, of the night, said Hammerhead GM Jamie Toole. What are the odds? When Barstead's faded foul left the bat, Toole was in the press box and responding to a colleague's walkie-talkie call of a broken toilet, which is typical MILB 
emergencies. Uh, I was replying to that situation, so my attention was away from the game. Then I heard a fire alarm start to go off. My brain is telling me that a toilet overflowing isn't causing the fire alarm. That's my education speaking there. (laughs) (laughs) Said to him with a self-depreciating laugh. So my first inclination is there's a fire in the stadium. Let's get people out of here. As game day and front office staff assisted fans in evacuating the ballpark, Tool ran onto the field to discuss the situation with the umpires and coaches. Then he received a phone call informing him that the fire alarm had been busted by Barstad. The information was relayed by the same member of the stadium operations team who later fixed the momentarily forgotten broken toilet. Boy, that's that's a busy stadium operations yeah, I team. Love, I love how Ben does that. He'll he'll tell you everything. So that's the thing about minor league baseball. Like the GM is fixing the toilet. You know the G. You know the the other guy is doing like they do everything in minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, good for Ben for going yeah. around and talking to everybody and getting the whole uh, oral history. Oh my god, of the broken fire. I hope they take that fire alarm and like mount it to a right. to a trophy right. plaque right. and award it to that guy. And it becomes some kind of trophy. Like, oh, this is your the quirky thing that happened in a in that bat or yeah. something like that. That's a story he can tell his grandkids. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, so uh, back to actual, actual? legit yeah. MLB MLB news. Uh, there will be MLB playoffs. <laughs> Uh, as reported by Kelsey Hennigan. Um, at the AA, high A, and low A levels, the top two teams in each league will compete in a best-of-five series beginning Tuesday, September 21st. The AAA postseason schedule will be determined soon. I added that here. Uh, there's an update at the bottom here. Uh, the Florida and Arizona compact complex leagues will not have playoffs, which is common. Yeah. I, they just yeah play to the best record and whatever. Um, the two best teams from each league will be determined by best full-season winning percentage regardless of division, which that's interesting right there. There's no North Northern and Southern Division right. in the California League. First half and second half. There's no first half, second half. It's just best overall record. That's who plays. Tiebreakers will be based upon head-to-head record, best winning percentage over the last 20 games, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so then from Josh Norris, Baseball America, I just saw this today. Um, on Thursday, MILB announced the details for the AAA format. There will be no playoffs in either the East or West leagues, but each will have its season extended until October 3rd. Each team will play two additional five-game series to, uh, beginning on September 22nd in the East and September 23rd in the West with an off day in between. The teams with the best regular season records will then be crowned league champions, which I find that's kind of odd. Why are you yeah. adding a couple series to the end of the season? I don't know, but the end of Major League Baseball season is October 3rd. Okay. I, I, I guess I, I like the symmetry of that. Uh, the league's release did not specify the future of the AAA National Championship game, which typically pitted the winners of the International and Pacific Coast Leagues in a one-game winner-take-all game at a neutral park. And I always liked that because yeah. it kind of felt like a bit of an all-star game in a sense that you've got the best teams for me, and it's one game, and yeah. let's go. It's, just, it's a fun exhibition. Well, remember a few years back when we had the, the, the core four playing in El Paso? Yeah. And we were, you know, all the fans were like, this is, oh, this is like, this is giving them ready for the big leagues, playing in a, you know, a meaningful game for in AAA. Right, learning how to win a championship. <laughs> <laughs> Where are all those guys now? Oh, my God. They're all gone. They're all gone. Well, they're all gone from here. Yeah. One of them's in, in L.A., one of them's in Boston, one of them's in Cleveland. And one's with the Rays. And one's with the Rays, yes. Manny Margot, who's having himself a pretty decent season. He is having a good season. Yeah, good yeah. for him. I mean, you know, Hunter Renfro's not doing too bad in Boston either. No. And and that, I mean, God, he can throw anyone out from pretty much anywhere in that stadium. And that short porch and left? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, peppering balls off that. God, he, yeah, right. He, like, he hits missiles, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to move on to the to the affiliate rundown. We need to come he, up with a theme song for the affiliate rundown. Right. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Like, like, 
This Week in Baseball. Yeah, something like that. So, How about that? Now that the Complex Leagues have started up, yep. you've got the Arizona Complex League. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of new names to the system. A lot of these guys are international players that have come over, or they're high school guys that haven't had a chance to play in pro ball. So they're people that if you follow really close, you've watched the draft, you've watched the international signings, you've heard these names, but they're making their, their professional debuts. So, so you're going to hear it here first, folks. These yeah. names you got to put in your pocket. So Donovan put a lot in the rundown yeah. this week, <laughs> just so we can familiarize ourselves right. with a lot of the people that, that are playing in, in well, there. Even it's no longer the Arizona League, it's the ACL, it's the Arizona Complex League, it's the FCL, it's the Florida Complex League. Right, right. God, we got to get more creative here. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to get used to hearing ACL. Yeah. Because I hear that and I think of the ligament in your knee. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, who tore an ACL? No, no, we're talking about the Complex League. Uh, so this year the Padres have one team in the yep. ACL, correct? Yeah, no more two two teams. Some teams some teams have two teams. I think, I think you're right. Uh, but the Padres are rostering one, and it's a huge roster if you scroll down through it. I don't know what the limitations are on their rosters. It's not like the it's, the other teams where they're limited to what twenty five players plus yeah. some subs. So anyway, well, I think overall the. You know, with the 120 plan, with the with the contraction of minor league baseball, you I don't know if they shorten that list, but you're only supposed to have like 250, 225 in your complete organization. Right, right. I don't know if that's a change. I can't remember if that's a change or not. But anyways, going back to strike one, opening day, Victor Lazaraga, 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 Lazaraga. God, or you can roll the R's, Lazaraga, Lazaraga. Got the start for the Padres, appropriate for a player born in San Diego, Lazaraga. God, that's so bad. I uh, grew up in Mexico and was signed before the 2021 by the Padres. Standing 6'3 and 70, uh, 17 years old, Lizarraga struck out six Royals in three innings of work, allowing one earned run. Jesus Gonzalez earned the win with two scoreless innings of work. A 5'10 lefty out of Venezuela, Gonzalez made 11 appearances within AZL Padres in 2019, as well as one, of, one start in Fort Wayne. Interesting. Alexa Juan Vega also delivered two scoreless innings. I believe we saw Alexa Juan Vega at one of the um, the prospect games. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's where a lot of these names are familiar to me because I saw them at that prospect game after the fall instructs. Anyway, so the Don Wilkie Classic. Um, Alexa Juan Vega, uh, the 22 year old lefty from Lajas, Puerto Rico, was selected in the sixth round in 2018 by the Padres and is joining the AZL ACL club for his third season of work in Peoria. Edwin Rojas had a pair of hits and scored a run in his ACL debut. The 19-year-old outfielder from Maturin, Venezuela, slashed 279-420-414 in the Dominican Summer League in 2019. Christian Heredia added two hits, scored two runs, and drove in one in his 2021 debut. A native of Madrid, Spain, Heredia nice. signed with the Padres in July of 2017. I don't know if I'm familiar with another professional baseball player from Spain. I don't think there is one. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, and then finally, Ruben Salinas drove in two runs in his professional debut. A native of Guerrero Negro, Baja California, Sur, Mexico. Salinas signed with the Padres in November 2019. And strike two, the ACL Padres won their second straight contest on a balmy 107 degrees. Okay, Oof. so I was up in Lake Elsinore this last Friday, Saturday. And, you know, I get to Fallbrook. I look at the temperature. Oh, it's like 90. It's like 93. Oh, that's pretty hot. Okay. Uh-huh. I forget to look until I pull into the parking lot. It's like 105. Ugh. It was just, it was, God, I, I, I melted. I literally and, melted. And in Arizona, in the complex league, oftentimes you got one umpire working the game. Right. And, and he's running around. Yeah. He's so, 
fly ball hit to the outfield. He's running he's to second running. base to, to watch the tag. He's wearing full gear. He doesn't get to go sit in the dugout for a half nope. inning like the catchers. Nope. He's out there for the whole time. I mean, boy, well, you talk We about had my friend run. Andrew, who was, a, who was an umpire for a little bit in the AZL in 2018 or 17, and it's like it, you can die. It can yeah. kill you. Yeah, I mean, you get heat you. stroke doing that kind of stuff. So I was just up real quick. I was just up there in like Elsinore taking pictures, and I was sweating bullets. My rather large physique. And, you know, these guys are hitting batting practice. They're barely even breaking a sweat. But must be nice to be young. It must be nice to be young. So they, they remain undefeated on the young season. Victor Duarte led the offensive charge with two hits, including a triple. The 20-year-old Tucapita Venezuela native. How about that? Tucapita. Uh, signed with the Padres as a part of the 2018 international class. Albert Fabian reached base three times, twice via free passes. The 19-year-old Dominican posted a 361 OBP in the DSL campaign, in his DSL campaign. Highly regarded right-hander Brian Medina, uh, Brian, Brian, Brian Medina made his professional debut, striking out five batters across three innings while sitting 92-94 with his fastball. The 18-year-old Venezuelan surrendered two solo home runs, but otherwise limited the damage. Medina's projectable 6-1 frame figured to allow him to add velocity, making him a name to watch in Peoria. Yeah, so he's 18 years old. He's six foot one. Yeah. You got to figure the next couple of years he's going to probably put on 20, 30, 40 pounds. Okay, Pennsylvania native Joshua Paulina made his debut a year after making the unusual decision to sign as an undrafted free agent out of high school. The righty worked with a fastball in the upper 80s, but mixed in an effective change as he struck out four over three one run innings. Um, now, he, he was an undrafted free agent out of high school, but it was only a five round draft. Right. Uh, so I've got to wonder if there's a kind of a crunch on rosters in college. Some maybe you've got kids that don't have as many opportunities to go to college. Maybe it's, he didn't get the commitment from a big school like he wanted to go to Vanderbilt. Right, right, right. And they give him, here's five grand. You want a shot? Here's your shot. Yep. It's enough to get a car to you know, And it's going to be <laughs> interesting the in the next few years or so that the one guy, like it's going to, you know, and this is what I love about baseball. Like he was an undrafted free agent in the COVID-shortened draft. And now he's making his major league debut. Right, right. It kind of makes reminds me of the uh, the scab players in the in the strike year. Yeah, Paul McAnulty. There you go. Uh, so Alan Mundo collected his second save in as many opportunities, working around a hit and a walk to preserve the win. Between surgery and COVID, the 21-year-old right-hander out of Delicias, Mexico, hasn't pitched since 2018 after signing with the Padres in July of 2017. Yeah. So strike three Friday, shortstop Brian Torres was the lone bright spot of the ACL Padres as he reached base four times. Torres 21 was part of the Padres vaunted international class of 2016, 2016, 2016. Seems like so long ago. It does seem like so long ago. Signing for 175,000. He spent two seasons in the DSL before making a stateside debut in the former Arizona league in 2019. Right-handed pitchers in front of the podcast. Steve Wilson made a rehab appearance in the desert and fired a scoreless inning, striking out three batters while allowing just one hit. Wilson was placed on the injured list. May 17th. Interesting. So I looked up Brian Torres because I'm just curious where this guy's been this whole time. He played in the DSL in 2015, 16, 17. Um, 2009, uh, 2018, he played in Arizona and in the Pioneer League. Um, Interesting. We have another international guy that, or we have another independent guy we're going to talk about when we get to El Paso. But that just goes to show you, People can spend their whole careers like you got to hit or you got to pitch. You got to do something to get. You don't butt yourself on the island, off the island. You know what's funny? I just looked up the wrong Brian Torres. 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> Why would he go to... <laughs> same same spelling and everything, but editing. he's in the Giants organization. Anyway. Dude, we can edit that out. Let's move on to Lake Elsinore. <laughs> Save that for the outcat. The, uh... We're still going to have a little bit of a El Paso talk about a guy from the Independent League that the Padres signed. Right. But anyways, like, really... Like, guys get signed, and they could never leave Arizona. Guys get signed, and they could never leave the DSL. They could right. never leave the Dominican. Right. And I don't know how it works, how many years you got. That's a really good question to, to know. Once you're signed, once you're drafted and you sign a contract, how many years? Is it six years? Seven it, years. Seven years? Yeah. So that's seven the, years they're going to hold you for. But it's it, it, each year is an optional year. So okay. every year it's a one-year contract. They have exclusive rights for seven years. And okay. then after that, you can become a minor league free agent. Right. So um, something like Brad Zunica... He could sign with someone else because they were like, okay, you're done. Right. And then from then on, he's a free agent, yeah. you know, one-year contracts until he latches on somewhere. Um, okay, so Lake Elsinore, uh, strike one. On Tuesday, Jordy Barley, who currently leads the league in stolen bases, uh, while he didn't steal a stolen base tonight, he managed to give the Storm all the runs they needed with one swing of the bat. Uh, while this month was not the best for Barley uh, from a batting average standpoint, he did walk 22 times in 24 June games for a 383 on on-base percentage. And his fifth home run of the month gave him a 433 slug to go along with his 14 June stolen bases. So I think that's kind of the new era of of analytics. I see people talking about about batting average still, and everybody gets kind of shut down because how often are you getting on base? What right. kind of damage are you doing when you do put the ball in place? So right. That shows up in the slugging, the on-base percentage. Batting average has kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, well, if you get guys on, you knock them over. I don't care if you hit 213. And you see a lot of that this year in Major League Baseball where, mm-hmm. like, Guys are hitting two, like, big names are hitting, like, 214, 223. Yeah, Yasmani Grandal. Who yeah. just tore his leg up today. Did he really? Yep. Oh, done. man. Yeah, it literally on the way over here, I saw that. Oof. Yeah, but early <laughs> in the season, I saw he was batting barely over 200, but his on-base was almost 400. <laughs> like 15, 20 home runs. I don't know, he had, yeah, like, a ton of home runs. Yeah, he's smoking the ball. Oh, that's so funny. So strike two. So, strike two. Friday, Carlos Luis. My guy. Yeah, really? Is that your guy? Well, I saw him in spring training one day, and it's one of those where you're just watching the back lots, and you see somebody, I think he was doing drills at third base, and it's like everything looked fluid, and it's just the way he presented himself. It's he, just like, he looks like a player, and it's does. like, I like that guy. He does. He's a big boy, and yeah, he, hits, he, is. he hits the ball hard uh, in, in BP. Um, so he made his, his Lake Elsinore debut and had a pair of singles. Louis, 21, spent 2019 in Tri-Cities where he struggled at the plate and in the field before a gruesome broken arm. Didn't hear anything about that. I, he, I don't remember hearing about that. I yeah. saw that in the notes, and I don't remember that. <clears throat> he played in a couple of games for the complex team in Peoria, and he had been part of the Elsinore infield for the time being. He plays first base, third base. He can play a little shortstop, but he's probably going to stay at the corners. Yeah, he was at first base of Friday, Saturday nights I was there. Okay. Robert Hassel III had another multi-hit effort, including a double. Hassel is a solid June, hitting 286, 364, and 439. Right-handed pitcher Carlos Guarte. My other it, guy. Okay, so that guy throws gas. Yes, he does. He throws gas. So you know, he piggyback starter on Dwayne Montos. He got he got roughed up a little bit. He turned uh, turn, he, Guarte turned in five excellent innings to earn the win. Guarte twenty struggled badly in his last outing, allowing ten earned runs in the three and the third innings. Oof, woof. That's fine. Outside that's of that just outing, leaving, that's just leaving you in to dangle, man. Right. Well, and that's fine. You got to learn how to pitch out of it. Yep. Um, and that was outside of that outing. Guarte has provided solid work from the storm this season. He has a five to one strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah, he, I saw him at the con, the the prospect game a couple years ago, and I just I saw breaking stuff, and I don't know why. I just I liked the guy. Yeah. And then when I saw him up at Lake Elsinore, I think he pitched on the the home um, the season home opener? opener, home opener, and it's like he's got the, he's got the the attitude. He's got the like whatever it is on the mound. He's got that presence. I, yep. I like that. 
Okay, strike three. Saturday, Robert Hassel III reached base in all four trips to the plate and connected on his 15th double of the season, good for third in the low A West League. He hit his 16th on Sunday. He's also third with 19 stolen bases and 21 attempts and fourth with 57 hits. He has a slash line of 289, 374, 457 at 19 years old, and it's hard to envision him in Lake Elsinore for much more time after the All-Star break. Angel Solarte hit a two-out bases-clearing double to cap a five-run fifth uh, and put the storm ahead. The club tacked on additional runs after their final two frames to seal the victory. Solarte, 20, had back-to-back multi-hit games for the first time since joining the storm at the end of May for his full-season debut. So when I was up there on Friday, I got there early enough for batting practice both Friday and Saturday, and, you know, it... it it being able, I don't know any of these guys. Okay, well, that's Hassel. That's Josh Mears. I, I can recognize a couple guys, and mm-hmm. this guy's just hitting bombs. Left field, center, opposite field, over the big green. I don't know what that, the big green monster, whatever. They, they right, don't have a name for it yet. In right field. And Wally, Wally McWallface is my, uh, right. my what I want them to name it. <laughs> and uh, he hit a ball. On the, on the berm on the other side of the fence, like over the fence, and you saw it hit the berm. It was got to have been 450. That's a tank. Um, and that that was Solarte that did that. In BP. Granted, it's in BP. And I'm like, damn. Hey, that's raw power, though. Yeah. yeah, that's what they talk about with raw power. They were hitting with the pitching machine. So on Friday, they hit with the pitching machine with velocity. And then on Saturday, it was coach pitch. Okay. That sounded like I was coaching Little League. But yeah, it was coach pitch. Uh, but And just, I'm like, who the hell is that? I think I tweeted that as well. I'm like, Angel Solarte has some raw power. Okay, well, that's maybe he's your guy. And then back, he, he is. And then so back in... When we were in spring training back in 2018, um, I was over in that that field that was like the Tri City. It was a, it was a really new guys, and he got a really good hit. And I'm like, wow, it's nice power. And um, the manager, uh, one of the coaches, he was the Lake Elsinore third first base coach. Uh, Sosa, I want to say Sosa, but I'm probably wrong on that name. He's like, yeah, he's gonna be something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Kids gonna be a star someday. I'm like, damn. All right. Yeah. So keep your eye on Angel Solarte. Absolutely. So I noticed today that Ben Badler uh, from Baseball America included infielder Erubiel Angeles in their weekly hot sheet. Here's what he had to say. The Padres couldn't spend more than $300,000 on an international player in 2018 as a penalty for having exceeded their bonus pool for their 2016 class. They give they gave Angeles $300,000 on July 2nd, 2018, and after Angeles made his pro debut in the Dominican Summer League in 2019, the Padres challenged him this year with a jump to low A Lake Elsinore. Angeles has re- responded well, hitting 333, 372, 441 through 50 games as a 19-year-old. Angeles has good bat speed and feel for the barrel from the right side, with a chance for more power if he becomes a more selective hitter to learn which pitches he can drive. Yeah. So he's kind of a utility infielder. Plays all over the place yeah. on the infield. He's a little stocky, lo- stocky lower half, a little bubble butt. He's got some power there. Kind of sounds like uh, Eggy Rosario a yeah. little bit. Yeah, but I mean, Eggy is... Eggy is chiseled. Man. Yeah, but, but, but at, at age nineteen, yeah, Eggy was a different person. Yeah, you know, he's grown into that body. Yeah. So you know, I'm a big fan of Angeles there. You rebel. So moving on to Fort Wayne, strike one. Moises Lugo has been one of the best pitchers in the HAC, which is the High A Central League. Oh, I know, dude. Like I saw them like H A. Like are we talking about air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in 2021, opponents are hitting just 165 against him. That's the lowest average against in the league and the seventh lowest in all of MILB. His 2.79 ERA also ranks sixth in the HAC, while his 1.06 whip is seventh. Lugo will strike out, just, uh, strike out 28% of the batters he's faced. That's seventh highest K rate in the league. Can't we still call it the Midwest League? Please. 
Please, we're going to call it the Midwest League because that's what I feel like. Let's do that. Okay, so California League, Midwest League, right. Pacific Coast League. Right. So something happens Texas where, League. Yeah, right. So something happens when they have some kind of way to name it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the Texas League. Yeah, they go to Arkansas a little bit, but, you know, still, it's Texas adjacent. Ironically enough, tonight, the boys, in, the sod poodles are in San Antonio. Oh, how about that? Yeah. See some old friends there. Yeah. Okay, so strike two on Friday, first baseman Seamus Curran, which is an amazing name. Seamus! I love that name. Had a pair of hits, including his first homer as a member of the Padres organization. The 23-year-old was signed earlier this year as a minor league free agent. He hit 17 homers in 2019 at the high A level. He has a tremendous walk rate at 22%, but has struck out in nearly 40% of his plate appearances. He plays first base. Mm -hmm. I've been watching a lot of tin caps because that's like the first game I watch. Before the other affiliates start starting up, and I, I like the guy. I mean, he, well, I, I like, I like all the players, but like he's built. He's, he's, he's a big boy. Okay, he's not thick. I mean, he's not like chubby. He's, he's built. <laughs> and with a name like Seamus, Seamus, he's Curran. gonna throw the hammer, the shillelagh. Is that what they call? It? That what Mike used to call, it, right? That's what Mike calls he it. Yeah, the swinging the shillelagh. Say <laughs> so he's six foot six, two hundred forty five pounds. <laughs> Holy smokes. And he bats lefty, throws yeah. righty. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's got a chance to move as a first baseman. Yeah. 23 in high A, though. It's kind of interesting that they signed, you know, a free agent and put him in high A. You know, it's right. Just, it, it's, I wonder what that's. Well, the, the Padres system is kind of thin on first baseman. I mean, even though they just released Brad Zunica. But yeah. in the last few years, you get used to seeing unusual players playing first base. Yeah. So you see utility infield guys. You see somebody who looks like they should be playing second base. Yeah. Um, you know, like a Lee Solomon, somebody who's undersized. And you see over the first there. base, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, well, it's because they need somebody to play first base. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a big boy, so he can, he can do it. So strike three, Matt Waldron was the first tin cap pitcher to throw for seven innings at, a home, at home this year. He gave it three runs and two earned and five hits to go along with eight strikeouts. The player named later in the Mike Clevenger deal has shown an increasingly increasing ability to mix a knuckleball in that could develop into a formidable weapon mixed in with his mid-90s fastball. He's 24, so expect to see the Padres include, uh, challenge him to double A soon. Interesting. Have you ever tried to throw a knuckleball? Everybody's yeah. tried to throw a knuckleball. Oh, yeah. Can you throw a knuckleball? No. <laughs> no I, I, I can't. You can, but it's like maybe 10 feet. I mean, like 15, 20 feet. Yeah, the last time I, I tried throw to throw one, I didn't realize how much arm strength it takes to really throw yeah. a knuckleball because you're not using all the whip from your, from your elbow down. Like a fastball, it's right. just it's, straight from the shoulder. Yeah. So you see guys that have an 85-mile-an-hour knuckleball. It's like, how do you do that? Well, and there's lots less injuries with the knuckleball. Right. Because of, of that, because you're not whipping that arm. For sure. So Johnny Hamza added two more hits, including a six homer to continue a great season. The 22-year-old ranks among the high A Central Midwest League leaders in OPS that walks with showing his defense um, while showing his defensive versatility to play around the field uh, while he's not behind the plate. Augusto Ruiz collected his 10th double of the year to match his season in home runs. So he has 10 home runs. I read that sentence, and like, I need to talk to someone about who wrote that sentence. <laughs> Austin Ruiz collected his 10th double of the year to match his season home run. Total. Should be season, like, but I... Let's get John Conniff on the, on the line. <laughs> on yeah. that note, thank you very much to Mad Friars for these amazing write-ups. If you don't subscribe to Mad Friars, you should. Right. Five bucks a month, I think, is the, is the subscription, which is, is a crazy value. It is great value. Um, right now, Ben Davey and John... Um, and Kevin Charity are headed out to Fort Wayne. Oh, nice. To, uh, to talk to guys. So there's going to be more interviews coming. Nice. 
Um, the twenty-one-year-old has improved. The twenty-one-year-old has improved since his last turn in the Summit City in two thousand nineteen with the Low A Club. But he needs to make more contact with sixty-one strikeouts in forty-three games and a two thirty-six batting average. So yeah. he's got the power. He's just got to figure out the right. But he's made a big step forward already this year. Okay, so moving on to San Antonio. Strike one, Friday mission starter Adrian Martinez carried a no-hitter through six <laughs> innings of work, uh, who was also the player of the month, or player of the week. Uh, he walked the first batter of the game and retired the next 17 batters. The right-hander finished the night with two walks and nine strikeouts. Okay, I'm going to go way off the rails here because last week it was the anniversary of Babe Ruth. Going off the rails. And I, now I'm wishing I could hear the, the, remember the name of the pitcher that relieved him. Babe Ruth walked the first batter of the game got into an argument with the umpire, punched him in the face, and got ejected from the game. The following pitcher came in. Immediately, the the runner was picked off, and then he proceeded to retire the next 26 batters in order. Really? So it would have been a perfect game if it hadn't been for that walk that Babe Ruth had. And he... And back then, you can get away with murder. I mean, back then, they used to like... I mean, I don't know about literally, but pretty much... Pretty close. I mean, back in the day, you'd be able to yell at the batter. And the batter would be like, yeah, come on, put it in here. For sure, for sure. Yeah, which uh, I think is kind of fun. Ernie Shore is the pitcher that uh, that relieved him. Okay, so on Saturday, Osvaldo Hernandez allowed just four hits and didn't walk a batter as he completed six innings for the first time this year. The 23-year-old lefty had some strong outings, but has posted a 4.72 ERA in 11 starts across 47 and two-thirds innings overall. He landed in our top 25 prospects after missing most of 2019 with shoulder inflammation. Generously listed at six feet, the 2016 J2 class member has some of the better athleticism in the system. Lefty James Reeves followed Hernandez and struck out five of the six batters yeah. he faced. So Osvaldo relies on location. Yes. And, uh, and movement. Yes. And movement. So, you know, kind of like, well, that's just how he's going to have to win. You know, mm-hmm. um, with uh, Ethan Elliott, same thing. They don't throw hard. You know, they throw hard just enough to make the off-speed stuff uh, move and, and kind of change speeds. That's how those guys are going to be. And they, we gave him a lot of money. Or the Pirates gave him a lot of money as well. Right, yeah, but you're giving money to a 16-year-old. You don't know yeah. how he's going to develop necessarily. Yeah. There's a lot of gamble there. So I guess they're the guys that kind of pitch backwards, like they say, <laughs> that he'll start you off with off-speed stuff, and then once they slow your eyes down, then they sneak a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. Right, and then it looks, like, <laughs> it looks like 100. Yeah. All right, moving on, strike three. Sunday, H-squared Henry Henry turned in his longest outing of the year, allowing one hit over three and a third frames. The long-limbed righty extended his personal score streak to 10.1 innings and dropped his ERA for the year to 2.76, despite posting just 21 to 13 strikeout-to-walk ratio in 32 and two-thirds innings. While he never grew into the dominance some projected when he was 17 and showing a big fastball in Peoria, the 22-year-old is emerging as a potential big leaf relief arm. Big league relief arm. Happy for him for having a good year this year. I love H2. And yeah. it's funny because one day he came in and I tweeted him like, yeah. He like gave a bunch of runs. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, he's been really lights out. Okay. All right, moving on to El Paso. Strike one. Last Monday, they had a doubleheader. Infielder Matthew Batten had a great day at the plate, reaching base six times combined in the two games. The versatile infielder has been a steady contributor throughout his time in the organization, playing all over the diamond and holding his own at the plate. Between San Antonio and El Paso, Batten is hitting 256, 347, 376 this season. Okay, so Matt... Matthew Batten and like Kyle Overstreet are two guys that had been in the system forever, mm-hmm. and we just don't talk about them enough. I, I don't I don't know why I you know his name comes up and you know on the dailies and I see it and I'm like ah 
ah, you know, and same thing with Overstreet. Overstreet's probably going to make the majors eventually. He's hitting well enough in Double A, and he's old enough where they're going to either give him a cup of coffee someday, maybe next year, or the year before, or the year after that. But him, those two guys, I just, I, I really need to start focusing a little bit more on those guys just to kind of get their names out there. Well, and they're 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 opposites when you look at the right. the makeup. That because right. Kyle Overstreet's a huge guy. He's got shoulders this wide. He's big a boy. massive big boy. Matt Batten is an undersized dude. He's probably five eight, five nine, yeah. uh, but he plays all over the place. He can play shortstop, second base, third base, whatever you need him to do. Overstreet, I believe they drafted him as a catcher, yeah. and then they moved him off catcher. He's playing mostly third base. He can play some third base. He's kind of moving around a little bit this year. He was doing first base for a while, catcher first base. I don't, I haven't seen him catch one game this year. Right, right. But if he keeps hitting, yeah. you, you find an opportunity yeah. somewhere. Okay, so right-handed pitcher Caleb Boshley pitched a seven-inning complete game in the second game, allowing three runs on eight hits to earn the win. The 26-year-old was pummeled in the first two starts of the year in Double A, but righted the ship after that and pitched well in his next six outings to earn a promotion to Triple A. Boshley tops out in the low 90s, but has a solid curveball that sits in the high 70s. In his first 12 Triple A innings, he's walked just one batter and hasn't allowed a homer. Yeah, he's a little bit older too, so he's 20. I think he's 27. Right. So he's he's um you know he's age appropriate for AAA for sure and he's a really nice guy like I, I said this before every time we talk about him mm-hmm. um just really nice guy yeah when he was in Lake Elsinore yeah. he started he relieved he was closing a little bit it's like whatever you need him to do I'll yeah. do it uh, but the fact that he hasn't allowed a, a homer yet in uh, in twelve innings in AAA that's that's, that's pretty impressive <laughs> that's he cool. knows where the bodies are buried yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's the game we are talking about. The strike two, this is the special game Saturday. So Luke Westfall signed out of the Atlantic League last week, didn't give up a hit or walk in his first career AAA game. The only Isotopes base runner reached on a two-out error in the fifth inning. While the game was official after five innings, Westfall is not credited with a no-hitter. Westfall 32 went undrafted out of the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh before eventually signing with the Minnesota Twins back in 2015. He was released after the 2016 season and has worked in a variety of independent and international leagues since. When the Padres signed him, he was pitching for the High Point Rockers of the Atlantic League with a 1.39 ERA. 40 strikeouts against 18 walks and 32 and a third innings. The 6'3", 230-pounder lefty, pitcher well, lefty pitched well for the Chicago Dogs of the American Independent, or the independent American Association over the last two years. Though... With somewhat of a high walk rate, and a quote here, is he related to NBA Hall of Famer Paul Westfall? Yeah, that was my little comment in there. Oh. I'm curious. It's, you don't see that last name no. very often. No. Um, so there was an article on Baseball America again. That apparently, there have been an unusually high number of signings from the international league or the uh, independent leagues this year, uh, for a variety of reasons. Some of it has to do with the minor league contractions. Yeah. Some of it has to do with the rash of injury that's happened across baseball and, and underperformance. Um, but like you were saying, they're limited to the number of team of players they they can now employ. Yeah. So there have been some teams have signed over a dozen guys from the independent leagues. Luke Westfall is the only guy that the Padres have signed so far, but it wouldn't surprise me to see more names picked up as the year goes along. Well, and it's kind of cool that that just goes to show you, like you can still pitch an independent ball and still make it. Right. You know, if you do well and you can hang on eating, you know, concession stand hot dogs. (laughs) All the leftover hot dogs at the end of the game. Uh, But one other twist to it though. So the Atlantic League, um, they partnered with MLB two years ago. 
And now you've got all these other uh, affiliate leagues or whatever. The, yeah. What's the word? Associate Partner leagues. Partner leagues. Partner leagues. Um, and they've been installing Hawkeye tracking systems in all of those leagues. That's part of the whole partnership thing. So now not, it's not just looking at box scores and who happens to get a look at them. Now you've got data on these guys. Right. So velocity, right. movement, release point, all spin this rate. stuff. Spin rate. Yeah. So you can, you can look through that and pour through the data and find people to look yeah. at. So I think that opens up opportunities for some of these guys. That's really that's, that's great. I wonder if they are checking the pitchers in in, in the independent league. They've got to be. Yeah, I know they are. And I mean, win or lose, they're in the, you know after after sorry after Musgrove gave up like four runs and they still checked his glove. They're like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know. Right? How'd you feel about Carlos Guarate gives up ten runs in three and a third, and they're still checking his they're glove? They're still for checking stuff. his glove. Like, come on, man, you think yeah. I'm really cheating with this? Yeah, any more runs in there? Come on. <laughs> you see, there's there's a knuckleballer in the major leagues now. With, pitch the, with the Orioles. Ten, ten, oh, it was Orioles? Yeah. Yes. And so they checked him as he's coming off. And he's like, come on, he wants no spin on yeah, his we, ball. Right. <laughs> I saw that tweet. That was fantastic. Maybe check him for Vaseline, I guess. I am. Um, we need more knuckleballs. Like, I, that's a, that's, it's such a quirky thing in, in the sport. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's no like, quirky things in basketball. There's no quirky kind of things. Like, a knuckleball is incredibly quirky for a, for a sport, and particularly to succeed in a major league sport. Yeah, the closest thing I could think of in basketball would be if somebody would shoot free throws granny style. Right. And like they were, like, a 99% free throw shooter. Right. Or, like, you know, your Spud Webbs, who were, like, 5'3 or 5'. I don't know how tall Spud Webb was. He was yeah, I think it was 5'6, but Muggsy Bogues was, like, 5'2. Right. You know, and plays professional basketball. But even then, you don't see guys under six feet in pro basketball anymore. No. You don't no. see those those oddballs. But the knuckleball is such a hard thing for guys to learn how to harness and, and, and throw. Right, right. And the other part and I love about watching the knuckleballer is the catcher's mitt, that they use those giant catcher's mitts that yeah. are like soft cushions. And it looks like a large first baseman's glove. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was the catcher who we hate so much? Uh, Mirabelli. Yeah, Mirabelli. Yeah, F. Doug Mirabelli. Yeah, and well, he also kept the ball, right, from that <laughs> game? He kept the ball from the World Series, from the Red Sox. When they won, he was at first base. Okay. Well, good for him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Moving um, on and finishing up. Oh, yeah, so the Paul, the uh, Luke Westpaw game, the Chihuahuas won 16 to nothing yeah, in five innings. Pretty. Boy, that is a triple-A score right there. You know, and I could have put in everyone that hit... Everyone was like three for four, four for four. I think Matt, Matt Batten, yeah. Um, uh, Matthew Batten was like four for four, just insane. Ugh. Okay, so strike three. Two, uh, on Sunday, Tucupita Marcano led off the game with his fifth homer of the year and collected his fifth three-hit game since rejoining El Paso in early June. Their versatile left-handed batter playing left field Sunday has had 12 multiple hit games in his last 21 starts, pushing his AAA lineup to 306, 395, 500, which is about 20% above league average in the offense-friendly AAA West League. Marcano's above-average defense at multiple positions plays well in our most value calculation systems as well. All this trade talk hurts our feelings. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and, before we talk about that, come over here, have a nice little slice of humble pie. Or a few, a few, a few, several episodes ago, and probably even before that, um, I said that he looked overmatched. I mean, and sometimes he looked overmatched. You, you mean at the big league level? At, at, no, at, at the AAA level. Really? Like you're like, wow, he, that was a really bad swing. Like I, you know, had noticed that he'd kind of, you know, there was a few weeks back. Okay. So maybe it was his first or second week back in AAA, and I was like, oof, ugh. You know, maybe I was just kind of still some of the residual thoughts of him playing Major League Baseball. Um, I now I'm going to have some humble pie again. Like I'm all in. Okay. Well, and the trade talk about him. Well, who can we trade? Who can we trade? We can get Joey Gallo over over the Joey Gallo talk. Yeah, you you object to the Joey I, Gallo. I concept. object to a guy hitting two. I don't care if he hits 40 home runs if you're hitting 213 and you're not walking. 
He does we, walk though. He walks a ton. Right. Okay. Fine. Fine. But I still I don't think I think Preller's not. I mean, obviously, with the Texas connection, everyone just loves to put the Texas connection in AJ Preller. I don't think we get it back. The Texas connection really hasn't yielded much. I mean, when AJ Preller first came, there was the Will Venable trade that brought John Edwards in. Um, and, and Marcus Green Jr., I think, was that deal. Oh, shut your Jace Tingler up. Come on. Jace well, Tingler was there. Yeah, he hired Jace Tingler out of the out of the Rangers organization, but really there haven't been right. many trades. Right. And you've like Jerks and Profar. Everybody thought he was going to get Jerks and Profar from the Rangers. No, it wasn't until he went to Oakland that yeah. he finally went yeah. and got him. So it's, yeah, they're, they're close friends with, who's it, Jeff Luno? Not Jeff Luno. Lednow, or is it Lednow? I can't, the, right. the GM there, that they, they were roommates back in college or whatever. So yeah, they're friends, but that doesn't mean that they're trade partners because they, uh, they, it sounds like the guys in, uh, oh wait, no, Chris Young is the GM now in, in right. Texas. Um, but the prices that they ask for their guys must be sky high. Yeah. yeah. So whatever it's going to take to get Gallo would be a lot. Yeah. And it wouldn't be, I don't know what his contract status is. I believe he's team control for i think he's a free agent after this year okay yeah it's a rental. so he's a rental yeah but you know if the team's trying to make a push and you need one more bat and... <sighs> but yeah the trade talk you does... tell tommy fam to not play left field dude i saw him strike out he, he struck out on he got called out on strikes last night and i'm like I, I, he's just gonna go punch the empire <laughs> yeah but he's been on a tear he has been and he i'm mean, like i what i love about this guy is like he takes it personal I and mean, he doesn't get he a does. hit he's like Yes. Yes, he is. Everyone else, and, and you know, you're supposed to be relaxed. Like it's another at bat. Fine, it's part of the game. But like he, he comes back and he's like pissed. No, he's grinding all the time. Oh my god. So the the guy that needs, I don't know how you bench Eric Hosmer. How do you get Eric Hosmer off the field? He's getting paid twenty million dollars, whatever. I, you know, the things that I want to say that I probably shouldn't say in the podcast. You know, he's going to have to get hurt, or because he's not going to get traded. Him or Will Myers are not going to get traded. I doubt they get traded. Simply because of the contract. You're going to pay them, you know, 30, 40 million and get back what? Yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's approaching James Shields territory where it's, he's, he's a sunk cost. You know that he's going to make all this money through the rest of his, there's no way he's going to opt out of that contract because nobody's going to pay him $13 million moving forward. And so then you're going to have to package him with a chunk of money and maybe some prospect capital to send him away. So then if you can bring back, you know, anything in return for that, it, right. it's, it's a win. I mean, people talk about attaching CJ Abrams to him. No way. You no. don't, you don't do something like that, nope. but I, something's well, got to give. And I, I believe in Will Myers having a, a, a good hot month, a lot more than I believe in, yeah. in Eric Hosmer rebounding. Yeah. You know, last year he was hitting the ball up in the air as well. We're like, oh my God, here it is. Here we go. Oh, 16 games. Yeah. Now every time games. it's a ground ball to second base yeah. every single time. Yeah. I, I tweeted like, I tweeted last night, here comes a four to three out. He yep. actually hit the shortstop. Oh, yeah, but the shortstop was on the second base side of the right, bag, right. which is the shift. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know. So then you put Cronenberg, obviously Cronenberg goes the first, but then you put Hassan Kim at second and him, Jerison Profar and, and Mateo kind of fold in. Okay. Or you DFA Mateo and you sign uh, D. Strange Gordon, who just got released. Yep. I'll take him as a utility guy. I know he can put a bunt down. He can be your your speed guy late in the game. <laughs> he can put a bunt down. Yes, he can. That's that's more than I can say for most of the guys on this roster. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> the bunting has been so bad. It's like, okay, let's just not bunt. That's so bad. But it is not the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world as we know it. This team is good. They're yeah. going to be good. Yeah. 
Wednesday, just might be, get, it just might be a one-game playoff. I, I hope that... Oh, man. So, so this is, let's talk about this a little bit longer. Thank you guys for kind of putting up with this. So at the end of the year, so this is gonna, what's going to happen next year is with the end of the CBA, the National League's going to get the DH. Uh-huh. And in turn, the owner's going to get extended playoffs. So that wild card game, I think, is going to be a two-game or a three-game. Yeah, I, I would love like to quick, see a best of three. A best of three. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the you know the travel days or how that how they're going to really push it away or you know how that's going to work out. But there you go, because like the teams like the Padres, Giants, and Dodgers that have right now the probably the three best you know pretty close to the top three records in baseball or in, at least in the National League mm-hmm. or had for a while were there. Um, it's going to be down to one game, and that's just not fair. And this is not fair to any team. It's not. It's not. I mean, it, it makes for great entertainment, yeah. great drama, but so much can happen in one game that's going to shift things one way or another. The, it, the longer the series, the more th- more fair it seems to be. I mean, I love the seven-game series. A five-game yeah. series even seems like it's a little bit short. The sprint. Yeah, yeah. One bad thing happens, and all of a sudden, you're behind the eight ball. You know, with that additional playoff, are they going to have the rosters expand a little bit? Because that's another, you know, that's another three or four games you have to pitch. Right, right. Well, I th- they allow changes in between the series. Right. So right. I guess that's where you you play some you, you you jockey around with things a little bit. All right. Meanwhile, you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan, and I am at Zippy underscore TMS. Go Padres! Let's go Padres! It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine.